The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, Bills fans. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we are going to discuss this crazy Bills victory today over the LA Rams in Buffalo, 35-32. to The Bills are 3-0, and and we'll go over our thoughts of the game, some stats of the game, our plays of the game, and as always, our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our amazing followers on Twitter. I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Fellas, this was a crazy game. First of all, Josh Allen just played out of his mind again for the third straight game this season. He was unbelievable, led another fourth-quarter comeback. Again, king of the fourth. This guy just finds a way to win. He's a gamer. He's clutch. He's everything. That you, he just even when the game was down and he was taking sack after sack, he was getting pressure up the middle on the sides from Aaron Donald and everywhere on the Rams defense. He just kept his cool, played an amazing game, won it on that pass to Tyler Croft in the end zone with 15 seconds left, and it was just it was unbelievable. It is a great time to be a Bills fan. Um, I was just it's. This is an exciting time. I was just this this game had me going through the whole gamut of emotions. I was I was really happy. The Bills were destroying the Rams 21 to 3 at the end of the half. The the Rams couldn't do anything offensively or defensively. And they came the Bills came out. They forced a turnover on downs in the at the beginning of the third quarter. The Bills get the ball back. They score. They're up 28 to 3 and you're like this is going to be this is the Bills are just going to destroy destroy the Rams. I mean, they're up 28 to three. They got the touchdown uh, pass to Stefan Diggs over Jalen Ramsey. And you're like, this is the icing on the cake. They gave it to Jalen Ramsey. This game is done. P- 
pack the bus, start the bus, let's go, and then all of a sudden the Rams get a touchdown. You're like, okay, whatever. You know, the Bills are playing off a little bit, 28 to 10. The Bills still got this. Then there was that absolute bullshit call where uh, Tyler Croft was fight, which caught the ball, and another the Rams DB fought for him as as Tyler Croft was on the ground and had possession of the ball, and they gave that they gave that play to the Rams. It was called an interception, which was absolute bullshit. The Rams ended up scoring, of course, on that very next drive. It was a huge play, swung the momentum of the game. Uh, it was twenty eight seventeen. The Bills punted the ball. This Rams scored again, 28-25. Bills fumble a ball. Uh, Josh Allen fumbles it on the Aaron Donald questionable face mask, horse collar, whatever you want to call it. The Rams score again. They go up 32-28 to this time. And then at the, at the end of the game, Josh Allen leads the fourth quarter comeback, like I mentioned earlier, to, to win 35-32. to Guys, I know it was a crazy game, and I know that we were all on the edge of our seat, and we didn't get to basically relax the entire second half after that after that first Bills touchdown, but man, what a game. What do you guys think? Hey, man, where else would you rather be than right here, right now, 3-0, and Buffalo Bills leading the division, one of only a few undefeated teams left in the AFC. Let's go. Nate, is 2020 the greatest year ever? Maybe, right? <laughs> like, that was incredible. It's safe to buy a Josh Allen jersey. You buy a Josh Allen rookie card, whatever. He's a franchise quarterback, dare I say MVP candidate. It was an incredible game. Yeah, this was the kind of game. So I, w- I was on the Buff Hub podcast, which is part of the Buffalo Rollings Podcast Network, um, to do a preview of the Bills game. And he, you know, Steve was like very emphatic. He's like, Josh Allen is a franchise quarterback. And I'm like, I'm always hesitant to say that because I wanted to see him do it against a really good team. And I and I think after Thursday night's game, we think the Dolphins, they're not a good team, but they're not terrible. And then he does it against the LA Rams, which the Rams gave him everything that he could handle. I mean, the Bills were getting pressure up the middle from a four-man front from the Rams, and the O-line didn't do Josh Allen any favors in the second half. And it was, yeah. I, I Is 2020 the best year to be a Bills fan? Maybe. Maybe since 2002. Maybe since 1991 when the Bills made their first Super Bowl. I mean, I, I'd, I'd have a hard time arguing any of those points. This was just... Allen just looks so damn good. Like, he's so good out there. He shows so much more patience than he ever has as a quarterback. He's making the right decisions, and when he makes a mistake, he just bounces right back from it. There was a there was a, a a string of bad plays in the fourth quarter, and still he just he found a way to to make some plays. I know we're gonna get to it in our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game, so I won't ruin it. But um, man, this is this is exactly it was it was a uh, it was it tugging my heartstrings a little bit to see the offense playing. As well as it did. I, I had this. If you're not following us on Twitter, by the way, please follow us at CTW Pod, like Circling the Wagons Pod. I tweeted something out like, if the 2000 me was talking to somebody from 2020 watching this Bills game today, in the first half, they were like, the Rams only scored three points against the Bills in the first half. I'd be like, wow, you know, that's great. I can see that, though. The Bills have a great defense. They're like, oh, the Bills scored 21 points in the first half. I'd be like, you're freaking crazy. Like, there's no way that this happened knowing that the Bills' offenses that they've had over the last few years. but um, Wait, this is 2000, Nate, talking to 2020, Nate? 2019, Nate, talking to oh. 2020, Nate. All right, we'll cut that out. That makes a lot more sense. Like, well, oh, it was a actually change in 20 years? <laughs> no, I, I said 20, yeah. <laughs> I meant okay. somebody from now talking to 2019, Nate, right? Oh, okay. Somebody from okay. now, like, like in the future. Marty! You've got to come back with me. Where? 
Back to the future. If I was in a coma, somebody, somebody since now in the future, somebody now in the present talking to past Nate. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> so I mean, I. I mean, what did, what did you guys in think? In the show notes. Draw like a little diagram in the show notes. I'll okay. check them out. Okay. We'll do. <laughs> I tweeted it out. So if you if you follow us on Twitter, yeah. you're good. You're good. Um, did you guys see that? Is this the most confident you felt in a, in a Bills team since Bills offense at least? And we're going to get to the defense in a little bit. But the Bills offense since what? Bledsoe? Maybe even earlier? Yeah. I mean, even going back into last year, like on third down plays specifically – like, I was like, oh, well, all right, that's that's it. They're not going to make this third and eight or longer. Never going to happen. And the last couple of years, it's like they're doing it. And it's just crazy. It's like, like in the past, I just give up. It's like, okay, they're going to punt. Whatever. Game's over. Now it's like they always have a chance. I mean, the, the anxiety is still very high <laughs> either way. But much more confident now. Well, I, sit, I think certainly – largely attributable to Allen's ability to scramble, right? The play is not over. And instead of being a two and a half second, oh, you drop back, get rid of the ball. He can really extend the plays and give time for his receivers to get open. But then this year, it feels like it's really ratcheted up a notch with the addition of digs. Dude, there are times when a defender goes completely free in Josh Allen, and he has the ability to just sidestep them and move up in the pocket an ability that he's shown in flashes before, but he's, it just feels like he's putting it all together this year. If you think about, you know, like Tom Brady, like he has amazing pocket presence, right? Give him Josh Allen's mobility and the sky's the limit for the guy to move around in the pocket, move out of the pocket, run the ball. I mean, with an arm that it's just there, this ceiling, if we might not have even seen the ceiling of Josh Allen, there might be more that he can do. He's just that talented. And John, I love I love your point about the third downs in the uh, in the past because I feel I know we've talked about this before, but back previous to the last couple of years, like if there was a third and twenty two, just just call it. Like there was no way they were getting a first down. Like there's no possible way that they were going to even do anything but like a draw play, right? Like they, or even like say even if it was more than third and five, if it was like a third and eight, like this is what the play would be. It would be a five yard dig route or whatever, a five-yard comeback route. They would put the ball right in the money as he came back to the ball, and then he would have to like run for four, three or four yards past yeah. five defenders. Yeah, it would, exactly. It would always be short of the first down marker, and it would always be like no yards after the catch ever. There was never any yards after. The yak didn't exist <laughs> for the, the past 20 years. And yeah, Josh Allen is throwing guys past the, the first down markers. What is, it almost feels like I'm like I'm like I know I've seen football like this before because I've watched primetime games. I know it exists. It just feels weird watching it as a Bills fan. So let's talk about. I mean, we've we've sung Josh Allen's praises already. I mean, he, he's unbelievable. The wide receivers were great. There weren't a lot of drop passes or anything. I mean, the, Devin Singletary was great on the ground. I thought. Um, and let's go into the the Bills defense. The Bills defense was obviously stout against a really good Rams offense in the beginning of the game, and then they just completely fell apart in the second half. And um, it's funny because I tweeted this out. I was like, well, I thought that the reason why the Bills defense didn't do so good last week was because Edmonds and Milano weren't back and they were both active today. And the Bills defense was getting completely shredded through the middle, especially, especially in the run game. But then eventually Jared Goff just had his way through the air as well, had over 300 yards passing and was picking apart this Bills defense. And Sean McVay called a great game from his side, you know, to make that comeback from 25 points um, down. And, 
Uh, it just looked like there was nothing. Like people were saying, like the defense was gassed, and I'm like, yeah, the defense are, is gassed. But they, I mean, even when the offense finally does string something together, a longer drive, the, the defense still can't get off the field. Like they just weren't they they weren't getting any pressure at all on Jared Goff. It felt. I mean, they did a couple of times, but it just wasn't long enough. And Jared Goff isn't one of those guys that seemed to like force the ball if he had some time. And I don't know. I was I've. If if the offense is the biggest storyline of this season, and it is for the Bills, the first three games, some of the disappointment in the defense has to be one of the storylines as well in in the uh, the Bills twenty twenty season so far. Did you guys see it that way as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, there are a couple other factors at play. I mean, like the Rams do have a really good offense, and they do rely heavily on their running game and set up their passing game and you know even the announcer said it you know they their coordinator stuck to to his guns and continued that throughout the whole game and it worked well for them um they've always been good at running the ball under mcveigh and then you know setting up the pass um i thought i did hear too that the bills coming into the game were top five both offense and defense so they, they i mean obviously you know jets and dolphins whatever but despite the dolphins success over the middle they were still a top five defense coming into this game. Um, but no, I, I definitely understand that there are some concerns there. I would have loved to see more pressure. I mean, it just, I think it really impacted them. I don't know if you have to dial up some blitzes, give them different looks, but Goff's, I think, all pro talent and to just give them all kinds of time, it was frustrating. Yeah, there was definitely a difference between the two, too, Mike, with Goff getting all sorts of time and Allen not getting a ton of time. I mean, when Allen had time, he took advantage of it, and he did great. Um, I know past quarterbacks like Tyrod Taylor or whatever, like we've seen him like, oh, I have too much time. I got to run out of the pocket. <laughs> and Josh Allen just stu- stood in there and just waited for guys to get open. Jared Goff, I felt like, had all day. And, um, yeah, you, they definitely had to dial up some blitzes to get sacks. Um, we'll go over stats of uh, of who actually had a sack on the Bills. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Mike. I think that's something that they may have to address in a way. You know, between the offense and defense, like, yeah, to, to John's point, the defense hasn't been completely, don't get me wrong, it hasn't been completely disappointing the first three games, but it hasn't, and I know it's been top five, but it hasn't looked as good as last season. That's what I'll say so far. And I think today was just on such a larger scale of what we were kind of worried about the first two games. Like, okay, you know, the Jets, they, they held the Jets really well. The Dolphins had a surprisingly good game on offense, but it didn't end up mattering. Um, but then today, it's just like, okay, okay, maybe we need to worry. But then again, like you said, the Rams have a great offense. Should we worry? I don't know. It's just one of those things. I couldn't help but think, though, like everyone's expecting Brian Dable. It be, before this season began, everyone was like, Leslie Frazier is gone after this season. The Bills' offense is a top-five or Bill's defense is a top five defense. He will get a job somewhere else as a head coach. And after the first three games, I'm kind of thinking Brian Dable's gone for sure. And I know it's way too early, but like Leslie Frazier, I don't know if he'll get a look at this point, but um, it's just really interesting to see the dynamic and the difference between the offense and defense special teams. I will say there wasn't much to talk about because the bills only punted twice and the Rams didn't punt at all today. So, um, Corey Bajorquez had that 72-yard punt today uh, where he lined the Rams up on their own three-yard line, which I thought was amazing. Probably his best play to date as as a Bill um, for all the criticism he's gotten on our podcast and everywhere else. Um, he he seemed to have a good game, but um, 
whatever. It didn't matter. The 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 refereeing was terrible. Um, there was a couple of plays. Um, let's guys, let's go over those plays real quick that were really questionable and actually, I mean, they were just plain wrong. And the first one being the the uh, Tyler Croft interception or the interception where Josh Allen threw. I would say was was that more that was more of a jump ball, right? Where he kind of tossed it up there, and it went into his. It, Tyler Croft came down with the ball, but there was a penalty because technically he pushed off. But then when he came down with it, like the DB ended up with the ball. He didn't even end up with the ball. I thought. I thought Tyler Croft ended up with the ball, and he. I, there was just such a weird, weird sequence of events. Yeah, when Allen let that ball fly and where it was going initially, I didn't think he had any business throwing that ball. But miraculously enough, Croft came up with the ball. He got down to the ground, and then the defender took it away from him after he was on the ground, and they called it an interception, and it was insanity. And like so many calls, it's like Gene Steratore comes on, and he's like, yeah, I don't I don't see that. <laughs> it's like the, the former head of officiating is like, yeah, that— I love when he comes on and he completely rips apart this bullshit call. It's just like, yeah, I wouldn't have called that. He clearly came down with the ball. Doesn't the tie always go to the receiver also? So that doesn't make sense. He it was it. I don't know. To, Mike, to me, guys, I don't know. Like to me, that was the most egregious call that I've seen in the NFL since the Rams Saints, the NFC Championship game, where there was the no pass interference call, right? That sent the Rams to the Super Bowl. Yep. It was just. When you all turnovers are reviewed and you're like, there's no way this is going to stand. It's just incredible. Every everybody I know was incredulous. Yeah, I I can't I can't add any more to that than other utter frustration and anger at that point where, like you know, I'm glad my kids weren't around because I was very expletive. I was letting them fly, as I'm sure every Bills fan listening to this was. Like you got to be bleeping kidding me. Like this is unbelievable and. And there was also that uh, that penalty where um, Josh Allen got thrown to the ground by, it looked like his face mask. Now, I haven't watched the play again since then, but it looked like Aaron Donald pulled him by his face mask, like, face mask, like ripped his head around, and he was thrown down to the ground. I don't believe that was the fumble, the fumble play, but he got down to the ground, and Josh Allen is expecting a penalty, right? And he doesn't get one, and he comes up, he is yelling at the referee and then the referee gives him a 15 yard personal misconduct penalty for probably swearing at him which do you blame him because that was another egregious call in my opinion i mean your head doesn't whip around like that as you're going to the ground like was on the the fumble play right oh was it the fumble play Mm -hmm. okay so that was the fumble play where he got before before that he he had been complaining about right having his face mask and it's just a, a terrible I thought job by the broadcaster, like you, they did not show that play again. Um, and, and the one where he actually did get the unsportsman, like the fumble unsportsman, like it just seemed like his frustration was boiling over just a culmination of, of the no calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It would a bad series of events, but I mean, dude, Aaron Donald, man, he is as advertised. When was the last time that you guys saw like a defensive tackle like that wreak havoc in the bills backfield? It was just, he was, they were lining him up everywhere. I saw him on, like, they were playing him at defensive end. Because every, after after the first half, I'm like, where are they lining him up? Because he was getting pressure everywhere. The Bills did not have an answer for him. And and that had to be frustrating for Allen also. Besides the fact that the refs were 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 not calling what they should have. He the was, calls, did, do you guys remember the, the play where he got, where Josh Allen had the 15-yard face mask? 
<laughs> like I've never seen a quarterback like trying to fend up or even a running back doing a stiff arm to some guy's face. Right. I thought that you could do that with impunity, like stick your arm up and smash him down. Right. Like I've another play where you're just your jaw hits the floor. Yeah, good call about that. I forgot. I forgot that you could. Can you, I didn't know you could get a face mask as a, as a runner. I thought it was just like I've seen guys like truck like running backs at least truck a guy and like use their face mask and you just push them to the side right like just knock them down they lead with the head man take the head and just toss it to the side where the head goes the body goes right <laughs> Wrap them down put that head in the ground the body <laughs> yeah he had three guys on him that play and he didn't go down he, it's kind of funny he had 30 yards of penalties that game just from the quarterback which is funny and you go back to last week, we're talking about, like, trucking guys. Remember that play where he oh, trucked, yeah. like, two or three guys? That, he um, trucked Kyle Van Noy. Was, was it linebacker? That Kyle he, Van Noy. Like, yeah. Like, Tecmo Super Bowl out there. It's crazy. <laughs> He's unbelievable when he gets out there. And, yeah, yeah, that with the 15-yard face mask on. Oh, my God. So what are we up to? Three egregious penalties. Um, there's another one. Oh, and then, well, okay, okay, okay. So, so the last one I'll say, which was pretty crazy, but I was surprised that it was called because fourth down, it was the end of the game. Was, uh, um, they were in the red zone. The Bills were in the red zone. And um, Gabriel Davis, Bills wide receiver Gabriel Davis, gets held and actually gets interfered with on that pass. And they called pass interference. And the Bills got the ball first and goal inside the five-yard line, I think. And I was just – I was flabbergasted because we were so used to – all the plays going against us, that was a questionable call. Can't you see the refs just swallowing the whistle on something like that, even though they had been blowing the whistle all day long on us? And it finally went our way. I mean, no credit to the refs for it going our way, but it finally went our way. Were you guys as as, as amazed as, as I was when that happened? Yeah, it was insane. It's like like your heart like is completely deflated, right? Like the ga- the play is over, the game is over, and then there's... You see this flash of yellow at the last second go across the screen. <laughs> it's like, what was that? <laughs> there was a penalty. It's got to be a first down no matter what, right? Wait, wait is it against the Bills? <laughs> no? <laughs> oh, exactly. Like, even if it was just a hold, which at a minimum it was, right? That's still an automatic first down. So, I mean, I mean. It was good. It was a good call, and like even the guy, you know, their 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 experts said it was a good call. Where he said the interception was not a good call on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, he they actually Steratore said this is the only call I've agreed with today. I believe that's what he said on the broadcast. <laughs> oh, you mean the only one that's gone in the Bills' favor all day? <laughs> that's the way. That, that was pretty awesome that he said that. <laughs> oh, I love Gene Steratore. Now that he's not an actual official. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, that's that, I mean that that's that was a great conversation for like our general thoughts on the. We're gonna get more into it. Let's go into our stats of the game for uh, the Bills' victory today. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know. Sixty percent of the time, it works. Every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. All people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Our Stats of the Game is brought to you by our Public site. Three words for you. Treat, yo, sell. Our Public store. 
If you want Bill's t-shirts, hoodies, it's hoodie season, so I'm sure you want a hoodie. We sold a lot of hoodies lately, coffee mugs, whatever you want that you can't find anywhere else on the internet. And these are designs that don't go away. They're here forever. We've added six more in the last couple of weeks. We just added our two different Alan Diggs 2020 election designs. And our slogan is making touchdowns great again, which Stefan Diggs had another touchdown. He actually had like three touchdowns today, but two of them were called back <laughs> um, in the first quarter. So check those out. We've been selling a lot of them. I really appreciate anyone that's been um, uh, supporting the podcast or whatever, uh, following us on social media. I always tweet out when we have sales, but uh, check us out tpublic.com slash stores slash ctw pod the ctw pod is just like our twitter handle circling the wagons pod now john you texted us some really interesting stats um at the end of the game that you had uh you had accumulated from the twitter sphere so why don't you uh why don't you tell us what you found sure thing nate uh so one thing i noted was the afc undefeateds right now so that includes buffalo three and oh pittsburgh Tennessee, and then we have Kansas City and Baltimore. And Kansas City and Baltimore play each other Monday night. So there'll be four undefeateds after week three, Buffalo being one of them, in the AFC. Pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the game, Josh Allen, three straight 300-yard games passing. Pretty amazing. Another fourth-quarter comeback, so that's eight for his career. 1,038 passing yards this season for Josh Allen. Three games. Over 1,000 yards passing for a Bills quarterback. 10 passing touchdowns, 3 rushing touchdowns. Pretty amazing stuff. Um, so this is the 11th time the Bills have started 3-0. and The previous 10 times the Bills have started the season 3-0. and They made the playoffs 7 of those times. They won the division 5 of those 10 times. They won at least one playoff game 5 of those times. And they've won 2 titles in that time. Wow. So basically what you're saying is we can expect to win the AFC right now as it stands. <laughs> so they've in the times they've gone three and all, they made it to two of their four Super Bowls and they and they went to two AFL titles. So they made it to the final game four times in those ten times. So forty percent chance of making it to the last game. Wow. Very cool. So you want to know what uh on what Josh Allen is on pace for passing yardage wise? It's got to be at least 5,000, right? Mm-hmm. Well above 5,000. <laughs> 5,536 passing yards this season. <laughs> oh, so doable. Easily, easily doable. All right, so let's go into some cool stats. Um, let's Actually, let's start with the Bills side of the ball. Uh, Josh Allen, like you mentioned, 24 for 33, 311 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception, which... Really, this is his first interception of the of the year, by the way, which wasn't really an interception. So, in my opinion, I will always take that into account. He had a seventy three percent completion percentage today. That's unbelievable. The guy is just I, I don't know what to say. I'm done making adjectives for him. Rushing on the on the ground today, um, Devin Singletary had over one hundred and twenty yards from scrimmage. He had thirteen carries for seventy one yards. Five and a half yards per carry. TJ Yeldon had three carries today for 18 yards, a six yards per carry. Receiving the ball, leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Now, John Brown went out with an injury partway through the game. So Cole Beasley was leading receiver today. Six receptions on seven targets for 100 yards. Next up was Gabriel Davis, 
Four receptions on four targets for 81 yards. Great game by the rookie. Unbelievable, unbelievable game for the Bills' fourth-round pick. Devin Singletary had four receptions for 50 yards. Again, the screen, uh, on, fifth, on five targets. Again, the screen game getting going. Stephon Diggs, four receptions on six targets for 49 yards, and he got the touchdown today. Making touchdowns great again. Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen. Levi Wallace on the defensive side. Levi Wallace had the only interception today. As far as sacks, Matt Milano had the sack today. I thought Matt Milano had an excellent game. I thought he was he was everywhere around the ball. He was making plays, um, and it was it just goes to show you that we really missed him uh, last week. I can't say the same for Tremaine Edmonds because I think he was part of the reason, besides the defensive line, why they were just getting gashed by the run. It looked like a lot of times on instant replay, and we'll know a lot more later this week, it looked like he was picking the wrong gaps. Now, I don't know if that's just smart play calling by Sean McVay in, in uh, disguising where he's running, but uh, it looked like he picked the wrong gap a lot of times. Tremaine Edmonds, not a great day for him. Um, Matt Milano had the sack, like I mentioned. Um, A.J. Epinesa had his first career sack as a Buffalo Bill in the NFL today. And those were all the sacks. We mentioned not getting a lot of pressure, and those are the only guys that had sacks today. Let's go to the Rams side of the ball. Jared Goff was 23 for 32, 321 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Goff having a great game against the Bills. Rushing the ball, Daryl Henderson, 20 carries for 114 yards and one touchdown. Malcolm er, Robert Woods had three carries for 30 yards. 10 yards per carry. Robert Woods having a great day against the Bills in his first return. Leading receiver for the Rams, Cooper Cup. Nine receptions on 10 targets for 107 yards and one touchdown. The Bills could not stop Cooper Cup. And I thought there were some decent plays by Taron Johnson in the run game. But in some, like he broke up a screen pass in the second half, which I thought was unbelievable. I think it was a six-yard loss. But Taron Johnson just getting gashed over the middle by Cooper Cup. Uh, Robert Woods had five receptions on six targets for 74 yards and a touchdown. Josh Reynolds, four receptions on five targets for 60 yards. You want to talk about Aaron Donald having a game. Aaron Donald had five tackles, three hurries, and two sacks, and two tackles for loss. Josh, he was, Aaron Donald was, uh, was, was a pain in, in Josh Allen's side the entire game. Josh Allen is the first player in NFL history with 10-plus passing touchdowns and 2-plus rushing touchdowns in the first three weeks of a season. He's the Bills' new all-time leader for passing yards, 1,038, like John mentioned, through three weeks of a season. So great game again by Josh Allen, leading the Bills to victory. We are going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our plays of the game, our Wall of Famers, and Wall of Shamers. So stick around. Welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, this is our recast, recap show, and I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. I I was just, this feels so good to be 3-0. and The Bills are facing the 2-1 and Raiders next week in Las Vegas. Um, I feel very confident heading into this game. I think the Rams are a, a tougher opponent. Than the uh, than the Raiders will be. The Raiders lost today to the New England Patriots. We're going to talk about that game a little bit later. But let's go into our sweet sassy molassie plays of the game. Sweet sassy molassie, get out the checkbook and pay Grandma for the rubdown. 
So, John, I'll start with you first. What do you have as your sweet sassy molassy play of the game? Well, I think it's got to be that final drive, the third and 22 uh, to Cole Beasley. On third and 22. Open is Beasley. He's going to get the first down. We'll be very close. And you just can't have that happen if you're the Rams defense. You you know what they're trying to do. They, they pretty much are in two-down territory. You can't give that type of play up. I mean, Josh Allen had a string of plays that weren't necessarily that great, but he bounced back, hung in there, made that play. Beasley got the extra yards of the catch to get the first down. Um, it, it led to the winning touchdown, another fourth-quarter comeback for Josh Allen. I think that's the play of the game. Yeah, Nate, like if we're talking most impactful play of the game, it's got to be the interception. I think we collectively, just every Bills fan, you go through the five stages of grief on that, right? Like denial, anger, bargaining, depression, just acceptance. Like it felt like the last 20 years. But that last drive took me back to when Jim Kelly and the K gone and just coming down the field and like you you felt like we had it. So I, like I agree with John 100%. Like the, the pass to Beasley was at third and was it 22? Yep. And he gets 22 and a half, like incredible. What a, what a great play by uh, Cole Beasley, Josh Allen, like like John mentioned, just a string of really tough plays, and um, you're you we are never out of it with Josh Allen as our quarterback. You got to be pretty pretty happy as a Bills fan to to finally see that and to always know that we're 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 this close to to winning any game that we're down from. I I, I obviously have to go with that play as well. Um, I think that the I want to give an honorable mention to the Tyler Tyler Croft and just in general Tyler Croft today. Um, just he had that he had obviously the touchdown pass to to win the game. It wasn't an easy pass. He came down with it. Uh, I I was just happy. I and this isn't a knock on Dawson Knox, but I feel like Tyler Croft showed more today than Dawson Knox has recently. And I think that yeah, no Dawson Knox is out with a concussion, so he didn't play today. Um, I was happy with how Croft played in his absence, and I wouldn't be opposed to him getting more snaps. The way he showed now, I don't know how he performed as a pass blocker or run blocker or anything like that, but he was there when Allen needed him, and he had two touchdowns today, and um, it just looked good. I was very happy with that. So, yeah, good call. Good call there, Mike and John. Honorable mention, I think, has to go to Matt Milano in the first quarter. Um, He had that sack to force a a fourth and 13 and uh, enforced a 52-yard field goal, which was then missed by the Rams rookie kicker. So um, definitely credit to Milano for that, that huge play. And uh, the three points, man, ended up being uh, the difference in the game. So honorable mention that. Let's go into our wall of famers for today's game. Wall. So John, I'll start with you again. John, who do you put? uh, Is there even a question? Who do you put on your wall of fame? Josh Allen. Five touchdowns, leading another fourth quarter comeback. I mean, coming back from adversity again. Like, I mean, there's a lot of honorable mentions here, right? There's there's Singletary, 120 yards from scrimmage plus, Beasley getting 100 yards, couple big plays on the in the final drive. Um, but like, it's it's got to be Allen, right? He's he's the leader of this team, and it's, it's just a, been amazing to watch. Even if you have a few heart attacks from here and there, right? I agree 100% on how you can go anywhere else. 
right? It accounted for five total touchdowns at the beginning, at the top of the podcast. You stole all the superlatives that you could possibly say. But had the Bills not come back from the Rams' perspective, it would have been the third greatest comeback in NFL history. So for the Bills to just snatch victory from the jaws of defeat like that with Allen leading them down, like you just incredible. Yeah. He's the player of the game. Absolutely. And, and I agree, Josh Allen, 100%. It's got to be the guy who's just unbelievable. Um, and it's funny. I started talking a lot of sh- trash on Twitter after the first half. And I'm just like, you know, this probably won't come back to bite me, right? They're up 28, 21 to 3, 28 to 3, third quarter. And sure enough, <laughs> it was like, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I had like some some Jalen Ramsey memes going on. And I'm just like, you know what? This is what I get. Like, I, I can't be a Bills fan. And be confident for any moment in the game (laughs) for too long. So, all right, let's go into our wall of shamers for the game. Shame. 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 Mike, I'll start with you. Who are you going to put on your wall of shame in today's victory? It starts and ends with the referees, right? Who else? We've already highlighted the egregious interception, the face mask on Allen. You just don't like to see a game be decided by the refs and when the game was so once that you can't help you can cue the x-files music the conspiracy theories whatever where you start to think well what's the agenda here are they trying to keep it close for vegas or what but it's hard to focus on anything else when it changed the game to the extent that it did can I say real quick, I, uh, before we get to you, John, um, which I feel like your wall of shame may be similar to Mike's, <laughs> um, as far as agendas go and what these refs can, people are always like, you know, there's always this narrative of you can't, you know, you're not playing the refs, um, you know, you can't, you can't rely on the refs calling a great game or whatever, you can't use penalties as, as an excuse, but you saw, or not penalties or whatever, but like terrible calls, like you saw with that one play where the Bills were um, the the interception that wasn't against Josh Allen, like how quickly that changed the tide of the game. So if people want to talk about, well, you know, you can't use that as an excuse, it's like you absolutely, in my opinion, can always use terrible refereeing as an excuse for potentially losing a game or almost losing a game. Because if it wasn't for that play, that one play – put the Rams back in the game because then they had all the momentum they needed instead of it being a first down or whatever it would have ended up being it. The Rams got the ball back and they needed everything that they got everything they needed to, to make a comeback and potentially almost win that game. So I always, because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't after you, Nate. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, (laughs) who (laughs) (laughs) FBI The NFL, they don't like small market teams, man. Come on. Oh, there's, there's, I tweeted that out. It was like, the the Bills have to give what was it the uh, the excuse for what the Rams why the Rams were going to get the ball was instead of saying you know the uh, the defensive back had control of the ball coming down they just say Los Angeles is a bigger market than the Bills so we need this to be a closer game than it is <laughs> first down Los Angeles <laughs> so it's just yeah this is it's it's frustrating to see that um, but yeah John John I'll one, let you one go. other one other correlator that I would say I wonder if in normal times, if and it, it's not a, a statement on what's appropriate for like the pandemic, but if if that set of circumstances didn't exist, if we had seventy thousand fans in the stands, you wonder if the momentum shifts like shifted like that. And I, I would argue no, right? Like if you've got seventy thousand screaming fans, like it 
okay, it's one play moving on, but that that changed everything this game. So I agree with uh, 100% Mike. Uh, everything he said this segment, really, um, I agree with the, the refs um, in that particular call. Um, it, it changed the momentum of the game, and that's they're all to say about it. Does it. Doesn't it feel like in a game like this, especially, the Bills are playing two opponents? They're playing the other team, and then they're playing against the refs, too. It's like it's not enough to just have to play a good game and beat a, a good team. You also have to beat the referees that are trying to call a game not in your favor. <laughs> you know, I feel like unintentionally or intentionally, you're playing against two different opponents every week that, that it's like yeah, this. They're, they're always playing against the refs. I mean, like you go back even before the drought in the late 90s when the Bills were playing the Pats, Bloods on Coats, and Andre Reid overheard the ref saying, just give it to him on a, on a play. And like at the end of the, when the Pats finally got a touchdown, the bills didn't even take the field for the extra point. It was, they were so upset about it. Like, I mean, they're always, they're always playing the refs. You always have to be, you always have to have enough of a buffer to account for that. Like we always say like, Oh, they need at least a two score lead to account for that. Well, sometimes you need more than that, you know, depending on momentum and everything else that's involved. Right. Yeah. Apparently 25 points is what you need. <laughs> and even then, it's questionable, yeah. I did like how there was that one play that was a terrible call, and you heard the crowd booing from the stadium audio <laughs> in that one. That one. And I'm just like, yeah, that's pretty realistic. <laughs> props to the props to the stadium guy, the stadium noise guy. Yeah, I, I, it's funny that they have to, like, pump in noise just for the television, right? Like, what? What do we really care if we hear like ambient noise in between plays and stuff like watching on our television? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That is funny that they do it just to make it maybe feel like you're still at the game while you're watching. Doesn't it kind of make you feel like you're a zoo animal, though? Like, oh, they're pumping in <laughs> ambient sounds of the jungle or it just seems very manipulative to me. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go into our Twitter. I, after every Bills game, if, by the way, if you're not following us on Twitter, like I mentioned before, please follow us at CTW Pod, like at Circling the Wagons Pod. Um, we tweet after every Bills game where we ask you what your wall of famers and wall of shamers are for today's game. Who or what is on your wall of fame and wall of shame? And um, Twitter followers never disappoint. Devin Brown is in. He writes, wall of fame to Josh again. He's a fourth quarter beast. Wall of shame to that ridiculous interception call. I'd love to hear the the officials defend that call. Andrew Ensing is in. He writes, refs on the wall of shame. The interception was as clear as day, not an interception. Wall of fame, Josh Allen coming back after a fumble, a couple of rough sacks to lead the game-winning drive. The pass to Croft was perfect. Mike Taylor writes, wall of fame, Josh Allen is a god. <laughs> Wall of shame, defense in general. Honorable mention, I shot one over par on the front nine while watching the game. Oh, look at you, Mike. Well, that's all. that all depends on are you normally shooting par? Because shooting one over par isn't that good of a, of a round for you. But if you're shooting, you know, 10 over par, then good for you, man. Sounds like a good round. Mike Graham is in. Wall of fame, got to give it to Dable. I have been his harshest critic, but he had a solid game plan today. Absolutely. Good call, Mike. Wall of shame, that terrible call by the refs, and I have to say Winters, he looked rough on the line today. Yeah, the, the Bills interior, 
We just, you know, it's funny when when I talk with Steve at the Buff Hub on the Rumblings Podcast Network. It's it's a show. By the way, if you guys, we're going to talk a lot of narratives. We've talked a lot of narratives from the game today. Um, the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network is going to keep you up to date with everything and talk everything, Bills, that, that comes out of today's game, things that are, you know, uh, important or whatever. So if you haven't subscribed to our podcast network, please do. You'll be kept abreast of everything going on with the Buffalo Bills all, all through the week and uh, some really good content. So um, they're going to talk a little bit more, I'm sure, about the interior of the offensive line. Uh, but I did mention with Steve on the Buff Hub that um, I was worried, based on Joe, Joe Biscali's article, saying that the interior of the offensive line looked really rough against the Dolphins and second-year defensive tackle Christian Wilkins. I was really worried at how they would face uh, Aaron Donald, and uh, I was right to worry about that. Jason Statham writes, Wall of Fame, Cole Beasley, six receptions for 100 yards, had some big catches in there. Also, special mention to Singletary. Wall of Shame, Josh Allen, for nearly giving me three heart attacks during the game. Just throw the ball away. Great great team win. We need to keep our foot on the gas. I will disagree, Jason. You cannot put Josh Allen for any reason um, on the Wall of Shame today, but um, I would agree that, you know, we... I think we all had some heart attacks today. Richard W. Griswold writes, Wall of Fame, Cole Beasley, 6 for 100, 7 targets. Um, Gabe Davis, 4 for, 80, four, 4 for 81, 4 targets. These are stats I've mentioned already. 3 tight end. He, and then he, there were 3 tight end touchdowns, which I didn't mention. Croft had 2 touchdowns, and Lee Smith had a touchdown. Being in the game, very good point. Wall of Shame, the refs, and the replay officials on the Allen non-interception. And then also the Bills D melting down after the bad call. Bill's Blitzkrieg writes, Wall of Fame, Singletary, he needs to get fed in space, and he was explosive on most of his touchdowns, or touches, rather. Um, I thought Singletary had a great game. I was really happy. We've kind of seen some some uh, flashes of Singletary RA this season, and this was the first game where I feel like he finally got a chance to really get going. Wall of Shame, I hate to say it, but McDermott, he keeps getting beat strategically out of halftime. It's on him to have the troops ready ready to charge in the third. Buffalo Ceilings writes, Wall of Fame Gabriel Davis, biggest weapon in the first half in critical play on game-winning drive, even when playing a different role as a rookie. Yep, he had that great catch on the sidelines, the game-winning drive. Um, Wall of Shame, <laughs> third quarters. So, yeah. Christopher Allegret writes, I'm sick of giving the Wall of Fame to Josh. Ice in my veins, Allen. So let's give it to the Beasley. Wall of shame, the defense. Can't give that much points in the second half. Dave Thorpe writes, change of pace, wall of fame, the first half. <laughs> wall of shame, pretty much all the second half, except the clutch Josh, except clutch Josh, and yet another game-winning fourth quarter drive. Seriously, what the hell? I'm too old for this BS. The, cl- the almost collapse will give the haters reason to show disrespect. But 3-0, baby, go Bills. OBD writes, wall of fame, Gabe Davis, wall of shame, the entire defensive unit. Another, some more Gabe Davis love. Alan Guilfoy writes, Wall of Fame. Dable for spraying the ball around the whole offense and for the whole offense delivering. Absolutely. Wall of Shame, the second half collapse, but I'm not sure who's to blame. Um, the defense, Alan. I will blame the defense. <laughs> um, Beanie, the underrated Bills fans, writes, Oh, it's a lady. She says, Wall of Fame, Brian Dable. He had a great game plan, and everyone on offense did their job. I'm still not used to the Bills scoring 30-plus points a game. <laughs> you and me both. 
you and us both. Wall of shame, we can talk about the terrible refs, but our second half defense fell apart. We always fall apart in the third quarter, and that needs to stop. Agreed there. All those are great points. Adam Talmadge is in Wall of Fame. Beasley and D- Beasley and Davis, 180-plus yards with some clutch plays in there, for sure. Tight ends, three touchdowns, and stepped up in relief of Knox. Wall of shame, no, fa- no fans. The Ralph would have been rowdy on that interception call. Wouldn't have been as easy for the Rams to come back. I think that's to Mike's point as far as the crowd actually being a part of the game. that We really missed that, for sure, today. Defense in the second half, 29 points, 327 total yards allowed. Wow, good call there. Attractive nuisance, writes Wall of Fame, Josh Allen. Again, king of the fourth, king of the fourth. Wall of Shame, the Bills' third quarter defense. Again, Nick DeVosta is in. Nick DeVosta, our uh, T Public store graphic designer. The guy does amazing job. Nick DeVosta is in. Wall of Fame, Josh Allen. A little rocky, but got the W and three straight 300 yards games. Wall of Fame, or Wall of Shame, rather, defense, and I'm worried about it. Yes, yes, I think we all have to. Luckily, I feel like McDermott will start to get involved with the defense and start to become a bigger part of the game planning and the play calling if it gets any worse, Um, but we'll have to see. TV Nerd writes, Wall of Fame, the entire team. It's hard to get your head back into the game when you have had such a terrible call go against you. And that swings the momentum. They won despite it. I'm proud and still angry. Well, you know what? Let it all out. You got to be angry in regards to that TV nerd. So um, I don't blame you on that. Wall of Shame, I'll let you guys guess that one. <laughs> 3-0, Bills Mafia. Phil Zone Ready is in. He writes Wall of Fame, Lee Smith, the penalty machine. <laughs> first game. I haven't heard, I haven't seen Lee Smith yet. This is good. The first game of the season. This is the first game that he was active. Phil is correct in that. No penalties and a touchdown. Just kidding. Stash Allen for every reason. Wall of Shame, the NFL officials. What the actual F. Interception. And if that was Brady getting dragged around on a horse collar, well. Exactly. If that was Brady getting tossed around like that, that absolutely would have been a penalty. Nick T is in. He writes, Wall of Fame, Bill's team and coaching. Own the half, then strategically let the Rams come back. Still take a W. Keeps national discourse that the Bills aren't for real. Fourth dimensional chess. (laughs) So Nick is saying, which I don't know if you guys could probably all follow this. Let me break this down. He says that it was strategically, the, the coaching staff strategically owned the first half, but let the Rams come back in the second half, but still get the W that keeps the national discourse that the Bills aren't for real. So if the Bills had just blown out the Rams, people would have given, you know, the national media would have given the Bills more credit. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. Now they won't. Now they're going to say that the Bills aren't for real. Great bulletin board material for the team. Everyone's still against us. Um, This is just... (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. I hope that's the case. Wall of shame, the announcers. Quote-unquote, an impressive Rams drive. Huh? They missed a 52-yard field goal. How is that impressive? He's talking about that. That's the best one. Yeah. That's like Sun Tzu type. Like you said, fourth-dimensional chess, right? pretend inferiority encourage arrogance like looking looking 10 games ahead love it benefits of a classical education 
Didn't know you were so into Sun Tzu. Oh, yeah. Have you read Art of War? Haven't you? <laughs> I, I thought everybody with a podcast. Did. I just mentioned the title, so obviously I've read it. <laughs> and that, that quote that you had about something about 10 steps ahead, 10, 10 steps ahead, three steps ahead, whatever you said. Um, Ian writes in Wall of Fame, Beasley, and really all of the Bills receivers. Wall of Shame, Bills second half defense again. Too much skill on the field to fall apart every second half. Absolutely. Let's see if we can get some. I've been mentioning a lot of the the recent uh, podcasts, a lot of the same Wall of Famers, Wall of Shamers. Let's get in some new people. I have Scott M. Frey in. Scott writes, Wall of Shame, the D. 17 was amazing, especially clutch. But man, few bad moments were pretty bad for him. Could have cost us. Love him, but he'll continue to grow. Love his heart. And man, Rams 99. Whew, what a beast. Okay, Scott's new to the podcast. <laughs> There wasn't a really, you know, uh, specific wall of fame and wall of shame, but you'll get there, Scott. Just keep tweeting in. You'll get there. Love You're, his heart. Love, love, love the effort. A for effort. We'll um, get there. Execution. Yeah, exactly. We'll get there. <laughs> kind of fell apart like the Bills D in the second half of that tweet. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We love you, Scott. Um, Emmett21 is in. Wall of fame. Josh Allen made some incredible throws under pressure. Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs were lights out. Good this game. Wall of shame, the refs. The interception, the lack of horse collar on Aaron Donald's sack. And Tremaine Edmonds missed a number of key tackles, which we mentioned. Good job, Emmett. There. Man, we're getting a lot of new guys in. A lot of new guys in. I'm going to try to get you all all in if I can. A former 2C67, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, Wall of Shame, Leslie Frazier. We haven't heard his name yet today. Leslie Frazier. Um, can't disagree with that. If you can't if you can't give the whole defense from a talent perspective the wall of shame because you know they're talented, they've accomplished it in the past of shutting down opposing offenses or at least shutting them down to less than 32 points, it has to go back to Leslie Frazier on the coaching side of things, right? I mean, we know the Bills have talent. They had Milano and Edmonds. Now, I'd argue Edmonds might still be injured, so I might give him a semi-pass on a lot of those missed tackles or missed assignments. But um, to a larger point, I think a former 2C67 is right in saying Leslie Frazier in the Wall of Fame, maybe to a to a larger extent than, than just the defense. Sean Lonigan is in. He writes, Wall of Fame, Tyler... <laughs> Tyler... Tyler Elephant Truck Dick Croft <laughs> finally looking like a solid pickup and not some fragile Fabergé egg that spends half the year on the IR. <laughs> Sean, Sean Lonigan, wow, coming with coming with a fire. Um, wall of shame, sloppy Bill secondary made some of the, those quick slants turn into 20-plus yard gashes. Yeah, speaking of yak, the Rams receivers were getting yak like crazy. And now... A yak. Yak. <laughs> so uh, appreciate all you guys tweeting into us. I'm going to get better at reading, by the way. Um, um, I know I mentioned that I read Sun Tzu's um, Art of War, which I totally did. But um, I, I, I butchered some of these really great tweets. I'm going to get better. I'm going to work on that. Self-improvement is something Sean McDermott takes a lot of pride in, and uh, I'd like to say that I take some pride in as well. So, all right, guys, um, it's been fun to 
to talk about this. Um, let's do a quick giveaway for the podcast. Um, if you're new to our podcast, we do a giveaway almost every podcast. And uh, this winner is going to be a Harrison Phillips signed mini helmet. So it's a, one of the cool white uh, Bills helmets, and it has Harrison Phillips signature on it, obviously. And the way that you can win one of these uh, giveaways that we do is to leave us a five-star review and mention Circling the Wagon, CTW, CTW Pod, somewhere in the review, and uh, you'll be in the running every week for it. And you have to listen next week, or you have to listen the week of, to make sure that you've won. So this week, the winner of the Harrison Phillips autographed signed mini helmet is at the Jeff 89 at the Jeff 89. You are the winner. DM us, Facebook message me, Instagram message us, um, email us ctwpod at gmail.com and let me know. And I will send that out to you uh, when I can. So Mike, the bills are facing the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas next week. What actually let's, can we guess? I love guessing the spread on this for us. John, why don't you go first? You want me to go first? You want to go first? No, go ahead. Let's talk. I'm going to talk it out. Okay, so the Bills are are 3-0. The Vegas— It's in Vegas, right? You said that. It's a 425 game for those of us, Eastern Standard Time, 425. Raiders are 2-1. Week one, they beat the Panthers. Week two, they beat the Saints. And week three, they lost to the Patriots. They got smoked by the Patriots, right? I think it was like 31-13. Bills by 56. The Patriots won. 36-20. Yep, the Patriots won 36-20. Man, I really, I think the Raiders are getting better. I really don't, I've criticized the John Gruden, Mike Mayock thing because they're both like, I know that uh, Gruden was a head coach. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl and then he went into TV for like 20 years or something and he came back into the booth. And then Mike Mayock was like a TV personality, a draft personality, and then he becomes a GM. And I'm like, you know, so when they when they were terrible the first couple of years, I'm like, well, that's what you get for doing it, having a TV GM as your actual GM. And now they're actually starting to be good. So um, I think the Bills are obviously favored in this one. Um, it's a way, I think normally they'd be favored like five points. But, uh, when you say normally, you mean in a neutral site? In a neutral or? site. In okay. a neutral site, actually, I, I'd say seven points. So three points for home field advantage. I'll say that the Raiders are favored by four. John, what do you think? Or I'm sorry, the Bills are favored by four. I was going to say that you said the Raiders are favored by four. (laughs) So you say Bills are favored by four. You going over or under? I, I do think that Bills would be slight favorites. So if I go by slight, I would have to say less than four. So I'll say Bills by three. Not three and a half. Why wouldn't you go three and a oh, half? Oh, three and a half, three and a half, three and a half. It's a, John is the winner. It's actually two and a half. Oh. Yes. I kind of surprised. I thought it would be a little bit more. Traveling to the West Coast. Well, it's not the West Coast, but is that Mountain Standard Time or is that Pacific Time? Do you know? You're not supposed to ask us questions that we don't know the answer to, right? <laughs> no, it's 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 a that's like an Abraham Vegas. Lincoln thing. Yeah, it's um... you never ask the question. You don't already know the answer. <laughs> you ever hear that story? Having but you, he started off as a trial attorney, right? Uh-huh. And uh, was there a cherry tree involved? He was defending the guy. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. I'll have to look. It up. Never mind. No. Whatever. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> he was cross-examining a witness, and he's like, "Well, hey, guy, <laughs> witness." <laughs> 
did you did you see my client, the defendant? Did you see him bite off that that guy's ear? And the witness was like, "No, I I didn't see him do it." And and Lincoln's like, "Well, how did you know he did that?" And it, which was the question he shouldn't have asked. He asked one question too many. So he's like, "Well, if you didn't see him do it, how'd you know?" And the guy was like, "Well, I saw him spit out the guy's ear." Ah. So you should have just stopped and like, did you see him do it? I'm like, no. I'm like, okay, guy's off. But he asked one extra question. No further questions. Yeah, you should have ended it right there. Yeah. Good story, Mike. So to tie it into the present. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. Well, okay, so it is the Pacific time zone. <laughs> okay. Three hours. Three hours. <laughs> that gave you time to Google? So it served its purpose. <laughs> yeah, whatever the story you just told, I just had time. To... <laughs> Never tell a story you don't know the ending to. <laughs> Nice. I like it. That's a good one. Is that true? Is any of that true? Is that really true? Spitting out in the air and everything? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know the answer to that question when I asked it. That was probably, uh, I obviously didn't learn the lesson that you were trying to teach or that Abraham Lincoln. By the way, I'm not sure if Abraham Lincoln back in the 1800s would be like, hey, guy, how did you, <laughs> how with did it, you know, wait, no, that's like Shakespearean. <laughs> Uh, okay. So, all right. So <laughs> the bills are three and zero, facing the two and one Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas next week on Sunday at four 25 PM Eastern time. Um, bills looking to go four and zero. I'm feeling pretty confident about that. The bills can beat a great team like the LA Rams. I feel like, I feel like they can beat almost any team given the right circumstances. And if the bills play a good, even, even a not perfect game like today, I'm feeling confident about it. So let's sign off for John. Hey, before the season started, I predicted 16-0. and 0. I'm, I'm rolling with that. Let's go, Buffalo. For Mike? Look, Nate, Jets and Dolphins are one thing. Rams are completely different. This really, really uh, gives me some confidence. It's great to be a Bills fan in 2020. And for me, Nate, I agree with that. 16-0, and 0, it is so good to be a Bills fan. We'll talk to you guys next week after, hopefully, a Bills victory. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>